Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. How can we teach our body that it can trust us and rest when we have previously had a difficult time allowing it to rest? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 187 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we're going to be speaking to Jocelyn North. Jocelyn is a mother who has been through quite a bit of difficulty through her pregnancy and birth experiences. And I do want to share this up front because Jocelyn does a really beautiful job really sharing the details of her experience. And I want you to keep that in mind. If you feel that you are at a place in your pregnancy where you are vulnerable to difficult stories, this may be one that you want to come back to at a later time. Though I do believe there's so much value in hearing how she went through these experiences and how she's come out on the other side as a stronger mother and someone who is able to listen to her body and provide it what it needs in an easier way. So keep that in mind. I'm going to keep this intro short because it is a longer episode, um, but there is so much gold within it. So with that being said, please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And This is not medical advice. This is an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Jocelyn, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I'm so happy to have you. It's one of those situations where I just feel like I got to watch so much of your pregnancy and then you as a student inside of Happy Home Birth Academy and seeing all of this come to fruition was so wonderful and heart-tugging, and then being able to be here and have a full-on conversation with you now, other than just like little Instagram voice memos, (laughs) is so exciting. So thank you so much for coming on. And would you take a moment to just introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm super excited to be here because just like you said, it was kind of like we walked through this whole thing together. Um, And so I'm in Northwest Ohio. My husband and I live in Bowling Green. It's a little campus. Well, it's a little town outside of the college campus. We have three um, Earthside children. And I, it feels like a lifetime ago, was an athletic trainer. Um, my degree is in sports medicine. But we've moved a lot. And we have made the decision that I am a work-from-home mom. Um, so... And then the pandemic and all that good stuff. So that's what I do. I stay with our babies and I work from home and I binge Happy Home Birth Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do. It's just who I am. It's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's so amazing. Well, I'd be curious to hear how did you find the podcast in the first place? Honestly, like I had seen it, I think, scrolling Instagram a few times and I just kind of like made a mental note like, ah, oh, it sounds kind of cool, you know, whatever. And then I heard one of my friends talk about it. And then I got to a point with my latest pregnancy. So Piper is seven weeks old. And when she was 20 weeks, like when we were 20 weeks pregnant, I just had like this like <laughs> meltdown. <laughs> I remember it because it was exactly 20 weeks. But I was like, okay, I'm going to go find that podcast and I'm going to listen to an episode a day. That's part of my like self-care plan. That's part of this like pregnancy plan from here on out. 
and so that's how I found you, and I binged them all, and yep, <laughs> hit up Happy Home Birth Academy not long after that. It was like, I don't know, I think I was like three weeks into it, and I was like, uh, I'm pretty holistic. My last home birth, you know, I have a good midwife and everything. We have a good relationship. Like, I probably don't really need to do another birthing class for home birth, so it took like three weeks, but then I was like, let's just peek, and then I, <laughs> well, let's just, okay, take all my money. That's kind of where we were at. I remember the coffee shop I was in when I just like paid for it and stuff and I came home and I was like, yeah, so hubby, we're doing this because I paid for it and here's your part. And he's like, oh my gosh, fine. (laughs) Oh my word. Well, I am forever grateful to your friend and to Instagram, the the lords of Instagram (laughs) for introducing you and then And gosh, I mean, it is so much fun, especially, I mean, it's fun to hear from anyone who listens to the show, but there is a deeper connection that you get to have when you work with somebody through a program and, you know, you get to have more feedback and connection. So it is always so much fun for me on the other side to get to reconnect with students and really hear how things all turned out. Oh, I can't, like, it's cliche, but I can't recommend it highly enough. Like, it doesn't matter if you've already taken a birth class, like... And to be truthfully honest, I, this one, I like was like, okay, I'm going to, I sat in bed one night and told my husband, I'm like, we are not going to get to like week 37 and start binging our homework. We're not doing it. And so he's like, okay, and we have two toddlers at home so and we both work. And so we're both like, uh, it kind of got to that situation, but not super there. But I mean, like just little doses that we would get and then he couldn't watch all of them. So I would send him like the really ones that I thought he would like connect best with. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Jocelyn, I'm a visual person. I don't care about this hour-long podcast. Send me the five-minute video. Sweet. Done. So <laughs> so we fit, a lot of like give and take in our relationship happened like that. And I think it just prepared us so much. For example, like there's an exercise in there that you can do. Um, super highly recommend. If you have to like skip stuff, don't skip this. Um, but like it, about boundaries and about expectations for like birth and postpartum and stuff. We actually we're doing that our son has a cleft palate and he was going to an appointment that's like a specialist so it's like a two-hour drive and on that two-hour drive is when we did our boundary talk (laughs) so there weren't a ton of notes taken on our sheet that we printed out but it's a talk that like it's just like in my heart because I got to learn a lot of what his feelings were fears were all the stuff about different births that we had gone through together and it was a great way to process like his mom's super great, but I was also like, I think I'm going to need some space, but I don't think I'm going to be able to tell her that. So can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. He's like, what's our, what's our code word? <laughs> so it was great. It was awesome. I know. I'm like, we, we would not have had a code word if um, I didn't do your class. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I think that's very, very gutsy of you to have those kinds of conversations in a moving vehicle where you cannot get out <laughs> and get away from them. He was not a fan. He's so introverted. And he was immediately like, "Uh." (laughs) I was like, sorry. Well, I'm so grateful to hear that it worked out. That's incredible, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for sharing that. That that means the world to me to hear. So, all right. I want to hear all about your birth stories. Let's talk about, I know we, before we even started recording, you kind of gave me uh, a little bit of a few details of how your first pregnancy even happened. Could you, could we start there? Yeah, absolutely. So our first pregnancy, I was um, a little surprised. We were like, 
I think we'd been married for about two and a half years and we'd been trying pretty much that long because we knew that we wanted kids and we dated for a long time. Um, I had been on birth control since high school. My mom had me on it for like acne and stuff like that. So I kind of did that pretty much through sophomore year of college and then the whole I don't feel like dealing with insurance slash I'm not on my insurance, parents insurance anymore. So like I just stopped. But it wasn't like I knew what I was putting into my body. And looking back, I'm very convinced that it took us as long as it did to conceive because of those hormonal like imbalances and just um, just not the greatest stuff that I was putting into my body on those um, birth controls. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So I took like I took a pregnancy test one night and he was working second shift. So I like. didn't tell him and then I was like I mean I was young I don't know 22 and so I was like this is our first baby like I have to do it by the Pinterest book and I have to get him a cute onesie that says hello daddy and I have to do all these things but it's not gonna be here for three weeks so I can't tell him for three weeks so like what do I do oh yeah it was not great (laughs) I told my friend we were at the park one time I was like uh Christy I'm pregnant I haven't told Drew, like, what do we do? Like, do we, like, look up doctors? Am I supposed to know about this on insurance? Like, what am I supposed to She's like, oh, you're pregnant. And I was like, yeah, don't tell Drew. She's like, what? <laughs> so, anyways, he actually, he was a little salty because he didn't find out that we were pregnant until, like, four weeks later. And by this oh, time. Oh, my word, Jocelyn. <laughs> I know, because I think I found out the beginning of April and his birthday was May 1st. And so I was oh, like, oh, I have to do this for his birthday. Like, he has oh. to open the gift. Like, yeah, so I told Christy, I was like, I was asking her one day at work, I'm like, so blah, 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 and she goes, you still haven't told him. She's like, actually, this is getting a little bad. You have to tell him. (laughs) This is getting kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah, she's like, "Ah." so I was like, okay, fine, I'll tell him. And so we were going out, so our anniversary is April 25th. I found out at the beginning of April, and his birthday is May 1st. So the whole anniversary birthday thing is like right there in that week. So he was taking me out to dinner, um, and... I was so I was an athletic trainer. I'd had a baseball game. It was a spring doubleheader. So I mean, like I was at baseball all day, super tired. Um, so he had dinner plans. We went out, and he took me to Red Lobster, <laughs> and was like, "Only get appetizers." I'm like, okay, fine. So he went to the bathroom, and I had to like tell the waiter. I was like, "Hey, psst, I'm pregnant." He doesn't know when I order a drink because that'd be weird if I didn't, because um, it's like a celebratory thing. I was like, mine is virgin. And he's like, okay, okay, cool. So actually that waiter ended up not being our waiter. So he had to tell the other waiter. Yeah. So, so all of Red Lobster knows. <laughs> all of Red Lobster knows, right? So actually, and then Drew like, so we eat our, our appetizers and our drinks and we peace out. And he's like, I was like, wait, what? And he's like, no, this is actually just a pregame. And I was like, okay, cool. So then we go to another nicer restaurant and I just took a nap in the Meyer parking lot because he had to go in and get something. And I was like, I don't know why I'm so tired, but like baseball, I'm just wiped out. And he's just like, okay, cool. So at this nice restaurant, I was like, yeah, I got to go to the bathroom right past the hostess station. Hey, hostess, here's the thing. My drink is virgin. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, we won't say anything. <laughs> so nobody said anything. And it was a successful, successful night. And about, I don't know, the next week, um, I gave him his little onesie, hello daddy, that was his birthday thing, and he was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, all this stuff, and I'm really glad I did, because literally the next morning, <laughs> um, I was cooking bacon, because I was going to give him bacon, like breakfast in bed, and 
I don't know what it was, but it was just that day. I just ran to the bathroom and I was started throwing up. And I was like, babe, you got to get the bacon off the stove. And he was like, okay, so this is how pregnancy is going to be. That's cool. <laughs> it's like your body <laughs> held it in. <laughs> exactly what it was. So we go to this appointment and I'm like, hey, like you don't have to stay. I'll just do the paperwork and stuff. We both have to get to work. Um, I mean, they're just going to find like a little, it's like a grain of rice, dude. It's literally just confirming the pregnancy. It's not a big deal. And not that it's not a big deal, but it's not one of those, like, you have to take a half day off work for it. And he's like, okay, okay. So it ended up, I mean, I thought we were like seven, seven weeks pregnant. He came back into the ultrasound room because he had a question about our insurance. So he ended up being there on accident while we're doing this ultrasound to confirm the pregnancy. And the vaginal um, transducer wasn't going, it wasn't doing its thing. And so the nurse was like, "Um, can I try something else? And I was like, sure. So she gets the ultrasound, like, actual wand out. And she's like, uh, sweetheart, you're 14 weeks pregnant. That's two hands, two feet. That's the brain. Do you hear that? That's a heartbeat. And I'm, like, instantly, I don't know, choked up. And, te- like, what? And she's, I was like, so I could start telling people? She's like, sister, um, what did you think this was? Like, I was like, well, we've had baseball season. So I just thought I was skipping my team workouts at the gym. And I thought I was getting fat. It's just like, no, dude, that's a baby. (laughs) So that was Ava. (laughs) The rest of her pregnancy was so great. I mean, I was athletic trainer the whole summer, the whole fall. She was due in November. Uh, We had playoffs. I ended up running out onto the field to do a spine board. And our principals in the stand, like, I cannot believe you just ran on the field like that. You have a basketball for a belly. (laughs) It's so fine, dude. Like, pregnancy is not an illness, blah, blah, blah. Stand on my soapbox all day, all the stuff. It was fun. My my team, they, they all had, like, their little roles in case I did go into labor. All the coaches were like, okay, like, what do we do? Like, holy crap, you're going to go to the hospital. I'm like, no, dude, it's easy. Like, you just do this. And so it was cool. Um, we got to the hospital. We ended up getting induced with her because they caught us at 14 weeks. I am not convinced that the gestation age was accurate. Um, and so we had to get induced because our fluid was dangerously low and we're past our due date, all the stuff. So we got induced at like 41 and three, I think, or maybe that's when she was born. I don't know. We got induced two days before she was born. But, um, went there and I just, I mean, that's just what you do. You just go to the hospital and you lay in this bed and you have a baby and all the stuff. Literally. I mean, that's why I asked my husband and he's like, what do we do? I was like, I just go to the hospital and have a baby. He's like, yeah, right. We just come home with one. Right. And I was like, step one, step two. (laughs) I know. I was like, here we go. So people complaining about this is so easy. I know, like, you, you just walk in, and I'm, it's probably going to hurt a little bit, and then, oh, tears, joy, and then you come home. Great. Whew, my Lanta. So, um, we were induced on Wednesday at 5.30 in the afternoon. Um, for some reason, we were both super excited that day and forgot to, like, eat because we were finishing up, you know, trimming the lawn and putting things away. So... We thought that it would be a good idea to get Burger King. I don't eat fast food. He likes fast food. I was like, ah, whatever. It's like once in a... Oh my gosh, the worst. I learned all about nutrition and why you don't do stupid things like that. 
Well, oh. I don't know. Two and a half years ago, Caitlin also decided Wendy's was fine. Wendy's is fine. We'll have Wendy's. It's fine. I never I do this. That. What a nightmare. Go on. That's the same thing. I was just like, it's literally fine. Something's better than nothing. I never do it. What's it going to hurt? Oh. Not the best time to try these things out. No, it really wasn't. That was the last food I had for like 36 hours. And let's just say it was not fuel for my body to do its thing. Um, so our water broke at midnight. I called, so he went home cause we don't live far from the hospital. He went home to let the dog out and stuff. And, uh, he said, all right, well, here's the deal. Just call me when your water breaks. He's like, I'll make the call to come in or not. I was like, all right, fine. So I did. He ended up coming in. I told the nurse, I was like, yeah, I think my water broke. And she's like, I don't think so. And I was like, ah, I think it did. And I was like, either that or I pee the bed. She's like, oh, okay. And so, like, she was not super happy about coming in to check. And I was like, bro, like, this is your job. You work nights. I'm sorry. And so she came in. She's like, yeah, I guess your water broke. And I was like, okay, step two, what's up? And she's like, um, are you not feeling anything? And I was like, no. She's like, do you have a high pain tolerance? I'm like, is that a trick question? I don't know. I've never done this. And she's like, you're having contractions. And I'm like, really? That's awesome. She's like, yeah, so we're going to hook you up to some Pitocin. Doctor's going to do her rounds, you know, in a few hours. Okay, fine. So started the Pitocin. Oh, it's the worst. It's literally the devil's saliva. I mean, it was (laughs) terrible. And so, yeah, that's all I can say about that. It was terrible. Um, I mean, there's just no breaks in between the waves. And they were super intense, but I had never known anything different. I've got my podcast like my my earbuds in to like a um a ride the wave kind of like home birth meditation or not home birth but just like a meditation type thing because this Mm -hmm. is before I knew about home birth anyways it just wasn't cutting it um fast forward so this is midnight the water broke fast forward to 6 30 p.m and my OB came in and she's like hey your body's just not relaxing enough so here's your options she's like you can have an epidural or you can have a c-section and I was like what I don't want these like all the stuff and until here like we could only have ice chips so like no food no jello all the stuff whatever I mean I've done the ball I've done all the positions now I'm hooked up to all the IVs and stuff and that was not the plan in the first place like it was actually specifically not the plan in the birth plan it said I don't want any of this uh, uh, but they missed the arm there the IV in my arm and so we had to do it in the other arm all the stuff um we ended up doing the epidural because I didn't really want to just, like, have a C-section. Mm-hmm. And then it was, like, 10.30. She came back in. She's like, okay, well, your water's been broke for too long, so I'm going to book an OR um, unless this baby's here by midnight. And I was like, at that point, I cried. Like, I, it was the first time that I cried, and my tears were, like, frustration because I'd done everything they asked me to do that went against everything I wanted. But... I just, I just wanted to have a baby at this point. I was exhausted. I did not have like anything left and this epidural was like, I mean, I took a nap, so that was cool, but still no baby. So it's it's almost, I mean, not almost like it is like torture techniques, like no food, you know, you can't have, you can't have these things. None, none, none. Here you are stuck in a bed with IVs all in your arms. Like, and then these false dichotomies, like, 
you have to choose between an epidural or a C-section. You don't, there are no other choices. It's epidural or C-section. And then yeah. later on, oh, well, too bad. Even though you did everything that you, that we asked you to do still now we're going to push for you to go to the OR. Like, what is that? I was, I was frustrated and I was a first time mom and I didn't know. I, I just didn't know. I was like, all right, like you're the doctor, you get paid to do this. You went to school for this. Like, I guess I'll do what you tell me to do mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, so my, my nurse left, she was, there was a relationship there. Like, I mean, she was the first one to come in, first one to help wipe when I was super humble because I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. She had to leave. So this nurse that came in was like my age. And I, I like to think that I'm a pretty like chill person, but I was 0% chill at this point. Like I don't have the energy to form my words from my thoughts and stuff. So like, I'm sorry that they're not nice, but it's just straight raw. <laughs> um, so she asked me if I wanted to practice push and I was like, no. And she like, what? Like, no. She's like, do you know how to do this? I'm like, this is my first kid. So like, no, but yes, I don't know. I don't have the energy to practice. So if we're going to push, we're going to push. Like, that's all there is. I don't have anything left. And she's like, okay, so no. <laughs> so she like leaves. So then we, I roll over on this peanut ball. She hasn't even left the room yet. And this is the same dang peanut ball I've been using all day. And I looked at my husband and I was like, I have to poop. And he's like, that's awkward. What do you want me to do about that? And I was like, I don't know. At this point, I'm just telling you that when I poop the bed, I'm going to poop. And he's like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm letting you be in the know. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. And I was like, so then he's like, do you want me to get the nurse? And I was like, I mean, I guess so. She's going to have to clean it up too. So <laughs> she comes in and I was like, here's the thing. I have to poop. I was like, she's like, that's the baby. And I was like, Listen, I know that you're going to tell me that it's the baby, but it's not. There's actual fecal matter going to exit my body. And she's like, okay, but it's still the baby. So why don't you just indulge me and lay like this and then put your feet up here? Fine, whatever. This is not the baby. And so I put my feet up. In these. Well, they put my feet up in these stirrups because epidural and I can't move. And... So she asked me to practice pushing, so I did, and she's like, whoa, stop right there. And she, like, sprinted out to go find, I don't know, she just said, stop right there. She's like, don't push until I get back. Okay, fine. So I didn't plan on it, but she wasn't gone very long, and I told Drew, I was like, I'm going to push. And he's like, she told you not to. I was like, yeah, I get that, but you have to get my legs out because I'm going to push. I can't help it. And he's like, okay. So he's like... (laughs) and then like and then the doctor like came in like right there and I mean I think we pushed for like 20 minutes but there was like the second push fine whatever the third push I don't actually know how to do this right because I've never actually had a baby I'm just kind of doing what my body is telling me to do and I also I know my girl Ina May is like dude don't purple push like you can breathe you don't have to count all this stuff freaking everything that I know in my head y'all be telling me something else like this one's yelling at me to count to 10 this one's yelling at me not to breathe this one's yelling at me to stop yelling and I'm like <laughs> oh okay and at this point there's like two nurses the the OB like some student nurses some people bringing in this giant bed warmer thing I don't know there's like 10 people in our room I'm just like okay I don't even care at this point like I just don't care and then my OB took a tone with me and was like, if you'd put a little more energy into pushing than yelling, your baby would be here. And so now 
I am super mortified because I thought I was just getting the hang of this thing. My husband, who's obviously never done this before either, was kind of like starting to trust in me and me trusting my body. And now that's gone because clearly I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) which is true. She just kind of had to highlight it. (laughs) Uh, So I was embarrassed and I was just like, okay, is this what you want? Like super defeated, whatever. Um, in our birth plan, we didn't know the gender. We told her that we wanted Drew to cut the cord. She pulled the baby. Well, I don't know that she pulled the baby up, but the baby was born and she held the baby up, uh, told us that it was a girl, cut the cord and sent her over to the baby thing. And I was like a little frustrated, like a lot actually. Yeah, I would be. But the baby was born. The baby was crying. That's all I cared about, honestly. So I kind of like remembered kind of like going away from my body for a minute and just like, okay yeah exactly like things are safe I can take a minute okay and then I needed some stitches and so they kept the nurse would put Ava like on my chest and I would take her off my chest and hand her to Drew who's standing right there and then the nurse would like push her back onto my chest and then I was like I don't want to like I know what you're doing I don't want to hold her right now and the OB is down there stitching up everything which is not numb and I told her it wasn't numb and I was like how many more are we doing? And she's like, if you would just stink your bottom into the bed, we'd be done faster. Like, just try to relax. We're almost done. And like, I don't care that we're almost done. My body needs, I need to know. Are we three away? Are we 15 away? Either way is fine. I just need to know. I need to know something. But I wasn't even worth like the stupid little topical lidocaine that they give you at the dentist for a very long process of having a baby. And I was very frustrated. Then I was mad that people thought that I had to hold my baby because I was focused on her being halfway up my vagina stitching stuff (laughs) and so I had to get super firm with the nurse I was like I don't want her I don't want her and so then it became like a oh well if we make her and she falls then we're in trouble you know type thing so then my husband did get to hold our baby but it wasn't because it was a happy like moment it was like a and then I, and then like the whole room, like all the students and stuff, they're like looking at me, like I need to be in the psych ward because yeah. that mom doesn't want her baby, and she is like literally pushing her baby off on somebody else, and that's not okay. And so now I'm all in my head while she's still inside me stitching, like, well, this is a great start to parenthood. So that was really gosh, cool. Jocelyn. Yep. That is, I mean, <laughs> it's like they beat you down. They they do all of these torturous things to you and then when you don't respond in a certain like no no duh like no duh you are in a like totally different place than you physiologically would be had they not forced you to do all of these different things like what this just really highlights the insanity (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, like, I kind of went into it, you know, fully trusting whatever OB was going to tell me, you know, I'm just like, sure, like, you do you, like, you tell me what to do and stuff. And after that, I'm like, there's got to be something like, I know people are happy after having babies, and this is not that. So, so anyways, it was fine. There was there, you know, we bonded later, Um, lactation consultant came in, tried to help us breastfeed and stuff. Um, Turns out that I was Okay, so before we went in to get induced on the Wednesday, the Tuesday night, I didn't sleep. I slept in the recliner because I had, like, this deep cough. Anyways, it came out after Ava was born that I had bronchitis, and so they started giving me antibiotics and medicine for the bronchitis. Well, 
our nursing journey was really hard. And so at our three day check, um, the lactation consultant said like, like this shouldn't really be a problem. Like, why are you not having a supply and all stuff? And she, so she asked me to bring anything that I was taking, you know, vitamins, anything like that. So I brought the antibiotic that they sent me home with. And she's like, this is literally drying up your supply before it even comes in. And she literally took it from my hands and put it in the trash. And (laughs) she's like, okay, listen, you have to do this. And she had to write it down, but it was like, Every 20 minutes, you have to do a warm compress. You have to massage your breast before you try to nurse. And then uh, you have to nurse for like 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off for an hour. But before that, you have to do, there was like fenugreek, milk thistle. There's like six supplements that I had to do, rotate through with ibuprofen for like two weeks, dude. It was a whole mess. What a nightmare. Once we got all that squared away, that was cool. And um, my husband left. We lived in Ohio. He left to go to Florida when she was three weeks old for a job. So I figured out momming by myself, pretty much. And I did. His parents did help a little bit. Hi, baby. Because uh, we were selling our house because we ended up moving to Florida. But I still had to go back to work at my 12 weeks. And so there was just kind of a lot happening. And I say that to say, uh, once we got to Florida and settled down, his first day at work and stuff, I just remember looking at the mountain of boxes and being like, I can't even, like, I don't even know what to do because this is an Airbnb. We're only going to be here for like, what, two months until we find a house. Like, I don't even know where my kitchen stuff is, but I, I can't like whatever I'm supposed to do. I can't. And so he came home and he's like, what's for dinner? And I was like, Oh, that's my job too. And I just like cried. And he's like, uh, what did you do all day? I was like, I fed a baby. That's it. I so. prevented myself and my child from dying. It was it was pretty impressive, dude. Oh gosh! So yeah, that's how I learned about postpartum anxiety and depression. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's let's see. So that I mean, yeah, that is just hard. How, what's the age difference between your first and your second? Um, if four and two and a half. So like two. So that March was when we moved to Florida. And then in August, I started taking some holistic supplements that a friend recommended. And then by October, we were pregnant with Noah. That's, I, I say that, hi, sweet girl. I say that because I didn't want him to touch me at all. Like, I think it only took two times of not preventing during intercourse for us to get pregnant. And those were probably the first two times that we had been intimate because I just, and I felt bad. But I just, I'm like, God didn't design a marriage to be like this, but I just don't want any part of you touching me at all. And that was, it felt so much better though, like on the supplements just to balance hormones. And I knew that they were working because I wanted to be intimate with my husband again. And so I was grateful for those. And then we got pregnant with Noah and his pregnancy was pretty, I mean, so basically I had heard some of my friends talk about home birth. Um, after Ava and I was like straight up I'm doing it I don't care what it costs doesn't cost insurance no insurance whatever which ended up being the case and that was a very frustrating part of that journey because insurance was like well you can go to the hospital because there's midwives there I'm like no there's somebody there that calls himself a midwife that took a weekend class that's not what I'm looking for like that's not the same thing but insurance is like well since it's available to you you have to take it because we're not going to cover anything else and I was like sweet so this is going to be expensive so there's a lot of heart-to-hearts and stuff uh, between my husband and I, um, and we eventually settled on, we'll do a birth center, um, kind of best of both worlds. And so 
the birth center though that was closest to us was too far away it was like an hour and a half and that just wasn't going to work with like appointments and then getting back in time for a job with other like with a toddler so we found a a midwife that was like seven minutes from our house that came highly recommended and we had no idea and so we went with her and it was great um I remember texting her uh, about 20 weeks because we had flown back to Ohio to visit family for Easter. <laughs> and I texted her a picture of my vagina because it was very black and blue and bumpy. And I was like, what is this? And I mean, Mar- I mean, you know, midwife world, whatever, like that's nothing. Like I, I need to see what you're looking at. That's not a weird thing. My husband's like, you did what? And I was like, I just want to know what it is. She's not here. I can't show her. She's like, oh, okay, those are vulvar varicosities. It's not going to get better with your plane ride and the altitude and all that stuff. So when you get back, no more flying for you. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, When I was pushing with Ava, I remember feeling like a strain in my leg and it was a nerve pain. Hey, can you come here and change your diaper, please? Thanks. Um... But and I'd asked my OB about that in our follow-up things, and she said, "Well, some things, sometimes weird things happen in birth." And so my medicine, my sports medicine background says, "Yeah, I get that, but also, this isn't my femoral nerve. It's not a sciat, or it is my femoral nerve. It's not my sciatic nerve." She kept telling me it was my sciatic nerve. I'm like, "It's not that." And so she's <laughs> just not, <laughs> she's just not listening. And I'm like, and then she's like, "Well, sometimes weird things happen." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, fine, whatever." But I couldn't wear jeans in the middle of winter, and it was super painful to touch. But it went away, so I was kind of like, whatever, it went away. Well, with Noah, it came back. And I realized that it's like, as my pelvis is widening, it's putting different pressures on that specific nerve. Mm -hmm. And so, and it was just super painful to like, I mean, walk, touch, bend over. I mean, it was literally like fire in my leg, fireball through my veins, whatever you want to call it. It was the worst. So that was pretty much Noah's pregnancy, the varicosities and the nerve pain. And it was really humbling because I had to take the last few weeks off my job because I just, I, I couldn't actually like walk or bend over anymore. <laughs> um, but we'll fast forward to the fun part. The fun part is the home birth and it was really great. Um, we, my water kind of broke at like 2.30 in the morning on a Friday. I texted my midwife in doula. And my midwife came, her name's Margo. She came at eight o'clock on her way into the um, clinic just to check everything. And she's like, yep, also it was a partial um, membrane rupture. So I'm going to go ahead and sweep the rest of them. All right, cool. I mean, we're at 41 and five, I think at this point. Yeah, 41 and five. Um, so, I mean, I just <laughs> went out to the couch and had snacks and watched cheesy netflix teenager movies i mean whatever (laughs) yeah it was very good and then i watched pearl harbor and my husband's like are you serious like you're in labor and you're watching pearl harbor i'm like yeah dude it's like i can quote every single line so even when i have to pause and get into my wave i can come back and still know exactly what's going on it was (laughs) awesome so so i did that and uh then my i mean they were I don't know, timing and stuff, but I could still handle them because I just did this Pitocin thing not that long ago and these are nothing like that. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> we are good. And my midwife and doula are like, so do you want us to come over? And I'm like, no, like, I'm fine. So anyway, she's like, I'm going to come over. And it was like four o'clock. I'm like, all right, cool. So she came over and then it got really dark and started thunderstorming. And let me tell you the vibe that was, I mean, watching a thunderstorm black in the sky in South Florida and like 
above the palm trees and like you just see the purple black sky and like the lightning and like you got the windows open and it's it's raining oh my gosh and you're on your birth ball and your doula is rubbing your feet and you're eating a banana wrap peanut butter banana wrap that she made for you oh my gosh there is nothing better oh so yeah so we did that and then she's like okay let's do some of these exercises so we did some squatting and stuff i felt awesome i felt super powerful like just like in high school you know i'm just all right next rep let's do it let's bust it out doing it man um so she took it to the toilet and she had to go do something i mean she was rubbing my back and stuff and i mean i got a little less chatty on the toilet and she's like ah it's starting to pick up a little bit and i was like yeah still fine but also not fun (laughs) she's like okay so she left to go do something and then when she came back i said carrie like how am i gonna know when i get to get in my birth tub she's like oh you'll know and i was like okay but how and she said well you're gonna start pushing without meaning to and i'm like oh like this and so I was, like, doing my J breathing and, like, pushing. And she's like, uh, yeah, exactly like that. How long have you been doing that? And I was like, I don't know, the last three or four? She's like, oh, okay, I'll be right back. So she, I didn't know it at the time, but she, like, ran out and was, like, trying to get the water and stuff ready in the birth tub, but it was too hot. So then they had to put a whole bunch of ice in it to cool it down, which wasn't working fast enough. So then she took me to the shower. <laughs> That She's is like, rarely the problem. Like, I, I mean, know. I think it's happened one time that I can remember where the water was too hot in the birth pool. It's like always like, oh, it's not warm enough. I know. My husband was Johnny on the spot, though. Like his job was birth tub stuff. And so he had the water heater turned up and everything like he was ready. And he was a little too good at his job. So, <laughs> so that had a really good like, water heater. Yeah. Well, yeah. And our house in Florida God blessed us with like an opportunity for a new build, which we had never had before or even thought of. So, I mean, like this water heater was, it was beautiful. Uh, So we're in the, we're in the shower. We're doing our thing for a long time. It felt so good. And Carrie's like, okay, like we're ready to uh, do the birth tub. I'm like, okay. And so, I mean, we're in transition. We're getting in the tub and I'm like, oh, this is not fun. But also I'm in my zone and transition is awesome because like shortest but most intense and I got this and I'm about to meet our baby. Um, so we hop in the tub, right? It was seven hours of this and it was all types of moving after hour three and then we got to the bed. We did rebozo and we did all the stuff. He was asynclitic and he was big, but we didn't know how big. And he was stuck. Like, my cervix was at an 8, and then it actually was swelling on itself, so then it went back down to a 6. And he was trying to get out and just couldn't get out. It was the most excruciating thing of my entire life. And it was, I mean, Carrie and Margo would, like, walk out of the bedroom to talk. And, I mean, there was there was the point where once we got back in the tub from being on the bed trying to rest a little bit, uh, the waves would start coming and I, I just, I had tears and I was like, no. And Carrie was like, sweetheart, you got to embrace those. Like you got it. And I was like, no, because I, they're not bringing me my baby. They're, they just hurt. Like there's something wrong. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, is this when we talk about the hospital? And she's like, I think it's time to have that conversation. And I was like super defeated, but I just knew like there was nothing happening in this pool. And I just, and it was not good for anybody so we ended up um going to the hospital 
and when we got there, I did opt for the epidural. Um, I was like, yeah, I can't with life right now. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> like, so, if you're going to the hospital at that point, that's really what, you know, like, you're going to help your body relax yeah. so that that swelling can go down. And that's exactly what it was. It was like the thought of even standing up. Like I stayed in that birth pool for probably another 30 minutes because the thought of standing up was too much. I couldn't, let alone get to the car, get to the hospital. I just couldn't because now, I mean, it's three o'clock in the morning, so it's 24 hours since our water broke. Yeah. So we get to the hospital, we get the epidural and the OB on call. So I'm in Trendelenburg because I'm trying all this stuff. I'm still trying to have them vaginally. Um, so the OB comes in and she's just very straight to the point, no messing around. She's like, all right, well, um, I'm going to go book the OR. And I was like, eh, hold on. I don't think so. Like, what are my options here? And she's like, well, this is your second kid, so it shouldn't be this hard. I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong. He's stuck. And right now his heart rate and your rate, heart rate are fine. But if he goes through the birth canal, he's going to lose oxygen. And so he will come out um, with cerebral palsy. It's just doesn't like to which degree we don't know. It depends how long he gets stuck in the birth canal. So um, I just I told her I was going to need a second. And I looked at my midwife and my doula and basically, you know, asked, like, is she for real? Like, is she just trying to scare me? How much of that is legit? And they both, I mean, kind of came to the consensus of like, I think a C-section is your best option right now. It's not a failure. That's why they exist. Um, your body has done an amazing job and it's just, it's tired. Um, it needs help. And so I was like, okay. And then like my husband and I just both kind of like a vaginal birth to me wasn't worth the risk of, of what may or may not have even actually happened but like if it were to happen like I wouldn't be okay with knowing like I could have made a different choice a less I don't know selfish choice I guess in that moment and like giving my kid a better life mm -hmm. so that is how we chose our c-section um so Noah was born via c-section I mean it was great I joked with the anesthesiologist the whole time she was great um and she she was like, oh my gosh, are you ready to meet your linebacker? And I was like, really? <laughs> and so they pulled this baby out, right? And it instantly felt like an elephant, like, getting pulled off of my stomach. It was because you're laying on your back. And I just, I know exactly when they pulled him out because I, it's like I took a full breath. And I'm like, whoa, my lungs inflated. But uh, he ended up being 10 pounds. And so, Yeah. They were like, yeah, you were not going to get him out at home. And in my head, I was like, yeah, I could have if a different things would happen. But oh, anyways. Darn asynclitic. Dude, I was like, yeah. So he got all the, like, blood tests and stuff to make sure, like, he wasn't, uh, like, because I didn't have gestational diabetes, but he had to do all that blood work and stuff just to make sure because he was so big. Um, and then we got some help from some lactation consultants and whatnot. And I told him, like, there's a... There's like a, a weird air, like escaping sound that didn't happen with my first one. So like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's just you guys learning how to, you know, develop your nursing bond. And I was like, okay. And so we went home like that and, and he started dropping weight, which was normal for like the third weight day weight check or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we came back the next day because they were like, well, let's just make sure. Ended up, uh, we found his cleft palate 
when he was six days old. So it went undiagnosed in the hospital. And the pediatrician's office didn't know how to handle that. And so they just kept encouraging us to, like, nurse. But they wouldn't have said that if they would have, like, done a little bit more homework on the cleft palate because he can't create suction because there's a hole in his palate, create like, making that impossible to happen. So he wasn't eating. Basically, my kid wasn't eating for the first 10 days of his life, and we got sent to a specialist, which is a great story for a different day, um, how that even happened to where we got there. But our midwife actually put us in contact with one of her previous clients who also had a cleft palate. And she, uh, her name's Amber, she gave us, like, her team's contact info and everything. Actually, she set up the appointment on my husband's last day of paternity leave, and it was, like, a two-hour drive, and we went down there. And they noticed right away he yawned. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. So they did a whole bunch of stuff. And anyways, you know, like on one of their follow-ups, they were like, do you know why we sent you home with such like a regimented feeding schedule and all this stuff? I mean, it was every two hours he had to have a bottle in his mouth. And it didn't matter if he only drank two milliliters. You had to stop after 10 minutes because his body was burning more energy trying to eat than actually using the energy from the food. But... He was in multi-system organ failure um, by the time we got down there. And they just said, like, that it was very likely... They said, like, we obviously weren't going to tell you at the time because it was just going to add to your plate. But we were prepared for a phone call because it was very likely he was just going to fall asleep and not wake up. Um, My gosh, how terrifying. Yeah, his body was just spending more time trying to do vital tasks than crying or absorbing food (laughs) so we got that guy all settled and squared away and that was in he was born july 27th so in january we moved back to ohio um and then the pandemic happened and Mm -hmm. fast forward a year so we got all noah's stuff straightened out and then we moved into our house and we got pregnant again in um in november of 2021 um so noah and my daughter my second are really close in age oh really she's yeah because she's june of 2019 yeah yeah so that's fine (laughs) um pregnant you became pregnant in november you said yep and i knew pretty early because i was like really nauseous um and i mean like ugh, nothing sounded good it was terrible all the stuff took a test yep pregnant um we ended up losing that baby um we went to church on february 28th it was our first day at this new church um because it was like pandemic and everything and this church was just starting to open and meet in person and we had just come back to the area so we hadn't really been inside of a church in ohio you know since we had left the first time so we made some new friends and whatnot and i just really felt Like, this is where we were supposed to be, and later that afternoon, it just came up at a sneak peek, like, boutique that um, they had an ultrasound appointment come up, and we wanted to go do that uh, because we wanted to find the gender of this baby because we had a boy and a girl, and we wanted to know. So his parents came over and watched the kids um, take their nap and do lunch and stuff, and Drew and I headed up there, and we got into the room and stuff, and the monitor is the size of the wall um and they were just like okay so like you know how big is baby's you know like how old is baby and I was like 15 weeks and three days and they were like okay and then 
a little bit, you know, they're trying to find a good position and stuff, and then they kind of can't, and she said, um, the baby's measuring at 10 weeks, and so, like, to me, that was already a red flag, because, like, you don't, you're not off by that much that early, and good things still happen, like, in my head, that's what, that's what's happening. Right. Um, so then they just, you know, tried for a few more seconds, and she, like, started crying, and she's like, I can't find a heartbeat, and, like, I'm looking at the baby on the screen, and there's very clearly a baby there. Like, you can see head and hands and feet and a body, and you can see a very blank screen not lighting up with a heartbeat, and so that was really, really hard. Uh, we called our midwife, and we're like, hey, they can't find a heartbeat at our gender reveal, and she's like, what, really? So we had to go to the hospital to confirm that, and it was confirmed. Um, yeah, so that was confirmed. Mm-hmm. And it um, basically because the baby had passed at 10 weeks old, and we didn't find out until 15 weeks, um, the doctor was like, you know, yeah, actually a really high risk for like sepsis, and yeah. it's not safe for that baby to be in you anymore. Like, you have to your body is not recognizing that it's passed. Um, so you, you need to get that out. So let's schedule a DNC. And I couldn't even like, I couldn't even say that word, say that those letters, I just, it became real that like our baby is no longer our baby. Like there is tissue in my body that's making it dangerous for the rest of my body. And I want to have babies again. So I need this tissue to go away. That is so much to process in, you know, a couple hours. It was. I mean, we were going to go, like, we were joking in the parking lot about the names that we were going to name our baby over lunch when we got out. And we were going to head over to Olive Garden and have breadsticks and salad and, you know, find a name. Yeah. So that did not happen. Um, We found ourselves asking instead, do we want to take teas to try to pass things naturally? Or do we want to have our baby scraped out with a knife and put in a trash bag um and that was that question was impossible to answer um so we went home and we tried to answer it and we just the next day like I was supposed to call make an appointment for the surgery we decided we wanted to do that because I just wanted another set of eyes to make sure everything was out nothing got left behind um and just kind of make sure things were okay for us to be able to have another baby someday um but the clinic he the doctor when we left the the er said like i flagged your file it's got a red flag on it when you call they will know to get you in as soon as possible all the stuff so the lady was just not like understanding she's just was just like well the earliest we have is in two days that's our consultation so your surgery will be after that it'll be sometime next week I just didn't have the energy to, like, explain things. Like, I knew how bad it was. Not bad, but, like, I knew the situation and she didn't, and I didn't really feel like telling her because I was just like, this is not my job right now. Like, Mm. whatever happens, happens. So we went out to dinner that night and came back, and the doctor at the emergency room gave me, you know, the set of papers. If you're experiencing any of these, come right back in immediately. So we did... Um, because at about four o'clock, like I was starting to have contractions, but I couldn't tell if it was actual contractions or if it was like my body trying to pass 
tissue or if it was just me having a period because I hadn't had one in so long. So they got pretty strong. And so I was like, hey, we should go to the hospital. So we did. We were literally at the hospital for like, I don't know, 20 minutes. And I just like gushed blood all over. Like the nurse came in. She's like, are you bleeding? And I was like, not really. I have a little bit in my panties from this morning, like, you know, an hour ago. But I would say not really. She's like, okay. So then the doctor comes in and she's like, okay, so you're not really bleeding. And I was like, I would like to amend that statement. I'm sitting in a pool of blood right now. And she's like, okay, so you're actively miscarrying. That's what's happening. Um, We're going to take you to a room and put you in a different bed with with strips. So I'm like, okay. So we did that. Um, We lost a lot of blood doing that. And she was up there and she would like use her instruments and stuff. And I really liked this doctor because I just was like, can you just tell me what you're doing? Like in my mind, there's really, really terrible things happening. Like you're taking my baby apart piece by piece and putting it in a dish. So if that's not what's happening, I need you to tell me what's actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I just really respected her hearing those things from me because she said, I'm using this, it's called this and its job is this. And this is why I'm using it for each instrument that she picked up. And I loved that. And I just, I mean, I had my head under a pillow and was just crying because yeah. I'm like, this is not how I'm supposed to have my baby. Um, so we ended up hemorrhaging there because there was a clot that she couldn't quite reach. They ended up calling the on-call OB. We ended up having to get a DNC. Anyways, Good because, golly. yeah, because they couldn't stop the bleeding. So that's what we did. And then we left the hospital to go home, rest, all that stuff. But I started a blog that I never really finished, but I just put a lot of, I did a lot of processing through that blog um, and that was encouraging. But that's kind of, that's kind of that chapter. Um, So that was actually last spring. That was literally March 1st was our DNC. So a year, yeah, a little over. Yeah, a year ago. A little over a year ago. Right. Um. And then we got back to church. It was the first night of Bible study. It was about three weeks later. And no, it was a little, it was more than three weeks because surgery was March 1st. On May 1st is my husband's birthday. And that was our first time being intimate. Um, That was birthday. (laughs) So then church started later in May, like the third week in May. And the morning of the first day of Bible study was the morning I had a positive pregnancy test. Mm. And I was like, no way, Jesus. Like, what do we do in here? (laughs) So, I mean, I cried and I confided in our women's group. And I was like, I'm actually super terrified, but I'm actually super excited and all this stuff. The next day was a gala honoring our local pregnancy center that we had already bought tickets for like months in advance. And so that was just a cry sesh because amazing, all the things. Um, There was just Jesus all over it. But hopping into Piper's pregnancy, like she was definitely the hardest, the hardest and most challenging pregnancy. And um. She's kind of where I found you at the 20-week mark. I mean, we had those, the nerve issues come back. And then my chiropractor suggested myofascial release um, via CST, craniosacral therapy. And that's... Go Cairo. 
literally the best. I mean, he's Webster certified. He's our, he's a family pediatric, um, also Webster certified. So like he's all the stuff. And, and he uh, recommends myofascial. That is, ugh. Well, he actually them. set me up. Yeah, he set me up too with acupuncture. Um, wow. And that ended up kind of falling through. But then this was the next option. So I mean, like he, he's very well known or very well versed in like his holistic therapies. And I trust him for that. Um, so this was the hardest physiological and uh, mental pregnancy because this was a pregnancy that I was like, I'm already in my workouts, you know, like I'm going to work out through this. I'm going to be, you know, the cute pregnant girl that's doing her squats and stuff, but a little bit modified, but all the stuff. It was absolutely not that. I physically could not like do that. I tore my rotator cuff. And so we got all that figured out like in the first trimester, but then the nerve pain happened and I literally couldn't walk sometimes. So that was humbling getting through that. Um, the CST absolutely helped. It took, you know, a a few I'd say like four treatments and then I started noticing a huge difference um but it took a while to even figure out that we should try those treatments so once I started noticing a difference with that I actually got diagnosed with um skin cancer so oh my word Jocelyn yeah <laughs> Did you so, get a break? <laughs> so we had so we had the operation to take care of that but the um the anesthesiologist couldn't use the basically the combination that they normally use is epinephrine and um, uh, lidocaine. And I couldn't use the epinephrine because it wasn't approved for an 18 week old fetus. Like it wouldn't do good things for her. So we just went with straight lidocaine and um, the epinephrine is the numbing agent. So the lidocaine was not cool. Mm. It, actually like the nurse would apologize she's like this is worse than childbirth i'm so sorry to have to do this to you all this stuff it wasn't like the procedure should have only taken like an hour maybe an hour and a half and it ended up taking like four hours because she just couldn't get the area to stay numb and she couldn't remember where she numbed and it wasn't any of none of it was her fault it was just that's just like yeah, and so, like, I mean, my fists, I mean, I'm my fingernails are digging into my skin. Like, I just can't grit my teeth anymore. Like, I have tears that I can't control. Like, they're just hot coming down my face. <laughs> like, it was a mess. But, so there's that. I say this just to paint the picture of, like, my body is just going through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, my CST, so the licensed massage therapist, LMT, is my friend. Her name is Beth. She's also certified in CST. And so... After one of the appointments, I was we just had a heart to heart, and um, she was like, you know, Jocelyn, like your body has been through a lot, and I was like, yeah, blah blah blah, everybody's body's been through a lot, and she's like, no, really, if you stop and think about it, she's like, Ava's was a little traumatic, that birth, oh my goodness, you know, three years ago, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll give you that, and then she's like, Noah's birth was a little extra, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right, and I mean, I never really, and then she's like, well, your body is it doesn't trust you to let it rest because you didn't give it rest when it needed it. And I was like, you know what? I'll buy that too. Because when, (laughs) when we had the C-section, yeah, when we had the C-section, all my stuff came secondary because his well checks, weight checks, like they wanted to send him to the NICU and put in a Mickey tube, like a Mickey button and a G tube right now off the bat. And so we had to kind of swerve on that a little bit and end up going to the specialist for the cleft palate. But all that was like me rescheduling my 
check my stitches coming out like all the stuff mm. and so they just kind of healed on their own because I never actually got around to rescheduling my stuff yeah <laughs> um and that's just how it happened and so Beth is like reminding me that like even though your intentions were good like your body isn't healed like it's there's a lot that it's still carrying I was like okay so wow. it became then a process that's when I found your podcast at the 20 weeks because it became a process then of like owning my birth and truly trying to listen to what my body needs and what it's telling me and then like kind of convincing my body like hey you can trust me this time like I'm gonna do a good job (laughs) Mm -hmm. like thanks for doing your part you're doing a good job like I'm gonna do a good job helping you and so we kind of had that little chit chat and we brought Jesus into all the things and even more so because um, I just kind of like had a meltdown with my husband one night in bed and I was just like crying and I'm like, I just feel like all the things I thought they're not happening. Like I wanted to work out. I can't work out. I wanted to do this. I can't do this. Um, Like I feel bad that I have to pick if I'm going to do laundry or dishes and I can't do both because I just don't have the energy or capacity to do both. So sorry. Um, but anyways, I took empowered responsibility and you like that, huh? No, girl. <laughs> and I was like, we're doing one episode of Happy Home Birth Podcast a day, no matter what. And I mean, I mean, it was never only one, dude. Uh, you were you were in the car, you were in the AirPods, you were everywhere. Um, and then we journaled with Jesus a lot and we just had like an active, don't suppress the feelings. You can name them, you can sit in them. And then you can let them go. Um, So all those things helped because uh, it led to leading up to like Happy Home Birth Academy, which we set our boundaries and stuff, which was, like I said, amazing. Helped a lot with like processing through the last two births, well, three births and leading up to this home birth that is a water home birth in our house. And we both wanted it so, so bad. Um, I ended up having SPD after that and... I only knew what that was because of your podcast, to be honest. And I was like, okay, because like my athletic training brain, like I know the anatomy and stuff. I'm like, okay, this is what it's doing. It's doing it a little bit early. Um, you know, it's popping. It's not very you know pleasant, but it's what happens when your body is adjusting to a baby. But then it kept getting worse and worse. And like, it was a mental battle to like even roll over in bed because... You have to do it very strategically, very specifically. I couldn't bend over. Every movement was calculated and it was excruciating pain. And it was a huge mental setback. Like, okay, what the actual world? So we got done with that. Actually, we didn't get done with that. We're It's two months postpartum and we're still just now getting done with that. Ugh, that relaxing, just it stays, you know? Dude, well, so I had to chat with my midwife because Piper was not positioned in the best way and I had to like lay a certain way, but I couldn't lay a certain way because it either irritated the SPD or the nerve and I always ended up getting up like two hours into the night and just I was up for the the rest of the night and then it was morning and then I just didn't sleep. And she's like, that's not healthy. I was like, I know. And she's like, I'm aware. (laughs) Yeah. And so then I ended up getting COVID and... Jocelyn. I know. Well, it was like 37 weeks. I was 37 weeks and I texted my midwife on a Saturday and I was like, hey, I'm having some contractions. 
also because I had told her I was like this baby is not so Ava was 41 and 3 Noah was 41 and 5 I'm like this baby is not gonna be I was like it's okay if my body takes that long to make you know to have the babies be ready that's fine but I'm like I don't think it's my body taking that long I think it's the first time was misdiagnosed like projected due date type thing so I'm like I think that was off also with Noah um there's a lot of external stress factors in on that one. Uh, his mom came down to live with us for a month before he was born. And there were just a lot of things that we didn't anticipate having to necessarily talk about and work through. And I was awkward because I didn't need her parenting my toddler, but also I had to keep my feet up for like ever, but it was just really awkward. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure. And actually my midwife at that point told me she's like I don't think this baby's gonna come until she goes home and I was like well joke's on him I'm like she's not leaving until he's here so (laughs) um yeah so I mean we and we've since had this discussion the two of us and we've realized you know things and stuff not that it's gonna be the same situation again but it was a learning season for the both of us cool yeah we're we're over that but I told my midwife I'm like hey this is such a better pregnancy like I'm in a mental space like my husband and I are on the same page like it's good this baby is not going to wait till 41 weeks. She's like, I don't think she is. She's very low. I was like, all right, cool. <sighs> so 37 weeks, texted her, hey, we're having contractions. And then she's like, what's your plan? I was like, I'm going to go to bed. And she's like, okay, great plan. Let me know if I need to come over. <laughs> all right, cool. So I texted her on Sunday and was like, I actually feel like death. Uh, there's no more contractions. And we're just going to ride this one out. She kind of picked up what I was putting down because I'm like, I am not about to take a COVID test unless I have to because (laughs) there's so many things, all this stuff, whatever. Anyways, it took me like three days, four days. I got infinitely better with COVID protocol, like a bunch of vitamin D, a bunch of zinc, whatever, all the stuff. And then the next week, my husband had, he had symptoms similar to mine, but he had to take a test for work and his test came back positive. And so we're 38 weeks pregnant. He's COVID positive. I'm just post COVID. <laughs> and, uh, and I text my midwife. I'm like, hey, here's the situation in case something happens. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nothing happened. Week 40. So skipping ahead two weeks, I have this random mass on my abdomen that needs attention because my midwife is not comfortable with how big it's gotten recently and what it is. And she doesn't know what it is. So. We ended up having to go to the emergency room for that, and they were like, hey, it's actually nothing. Like, you can still do your home birth. More power to you. Like, okay, cool. Because that was a whole emotional, like, mental battle, too, was like, Jesus, we've come so far. We're 40 weeks. Like, can we please have our baby at home? The biggest thing that our midwife was ready for uh, with that hospital thing to see what the mass was, was that they were just going to say, you're already overdue. Let's just keep you and induce you and you can just have the baby here. And I was like, but I don't want to do that. So let's just find out what the mass is. And I was convinced that they wouldn't put their best into finding out what the mass is because they would find it as a secondary thing. They just want me to have a baby there, you know? Yeah. And so I had it all in my head that it wasn't going to go down well and all this stuff but we had friends praying for us on the way down there and it couldn't have gone any better the doctor came back in was like I can't believe that you still want to go home and do this but go home there's nothing wrong 
that's gonna be fine i was like okay cool bye <laughs> like he's like here's your antibiotic to fill up and i was like midwife do i have to she's like it's not gonna hurt anything i was like but it's gonna destroy all destroy all my gut bacteria that i worked so hard for so i'm gonna say no unless you really <laughs> want me to and she's like jocelyn it's fine don't even fill it whatever and i was like okay cool so i didn't <laughs> so then piper comes into the world like the next week so the mass all that stuff is on monday and then on tuesday yeah got home monday night and then tuesday night at dinner i started having contractions but i didn't really think anything of them so i didn't really even start timing them until like 8 30 9 o'clock it was a pretty rough day um for my husband at work his company got bought out and he his job was being how should we say not taken from him but basically he wasn't right. gonna have a job <laughs> right um <laughs> how do we how do we put this <laughs> how do we put this nicely yeah. i mean it's, no, I it's not to his it's not to his fault or anything it's right. just you know the company got bought out and they mm -hmm. no longer need his position and Redundancy so this was the day yeah right and so this was the day that he needed to go in and it was pretty stressful between tuesday and wednesday he needed to shut a lot of stuff down and do a lot of just stuff to finish everything up and I noticed that he was a, le a little extra stressed and I was like so how bedtime go with the other two and he's like not great also please don't have a baby because this one's out this one's out this one's out and I have all these things to do I was like well and I showed him my contraction timer I'm like um I think we might be having a baby and he's like are you serious it's they're five minutes apart right now and I was like yep so <laughs> he went to bed I tried to go to bed it didn't work we ended up up I mean I drank a, I didn't ever actually go to bed because I sat in the recliner where I'd been trying to sleep for the last three months because basically my midwife was like yeah it's a terrible positioning thing for your baby and I was like but if I go into labor I want to be able to have some sleep and she's like okay fair enough you win and I was like yeah. okay so I picked sleep and so I tried to, but I couldn't. I mean, they just got intense enough where I was just not going to sleep through them. And then I whipped up a protein shake at midnight, had one of those bad boys, and I was like, let's do this. So I woke up, drew at one, and then called my midwife and was like, I hate to be that person. It's probably not very exciting yet, but you should probably come over. Also, we were scheduled to get a blizzard later that day, starting that day on Wednesday, um, like 12 inches of snow unheard of yeah so i'm like well obviously this is how this would happen and um i mean it was fine i just put on my the the relaxation things that you have in hha yeah downloaded those bad boys yep and so i've got those on i've got my meditation on um and i'm just doing my thing on my ball my midwife comes puts her hand on my back she's like hey let's have a baby i'm like hey let's have a baby and so actually it was so my midwife practice has four midwives and the two that were supposed to attend my birth were at another birth mm -hmm. so I got a different two which is fine I don't you know I like all of them mm -hmm. um <laughs> the one that I got just was very it the vibe is like she had something to prove because she doesn't necessarily answer to one of the midwives, but it's a very clear relationship that one is kind of the student and one is kind of the teacher. Mm -hmm. And it's not, those aren't accurate titles, but it's just the vibe. Mm -hmm. 
and she just didn't have her teacher and so she wasn't as chill as I'd previously known her and it was just like she had something to prove like she couldn't let anything go wrong everything needed to be textbook and if it wasn't we needed to fix it and that kind of is not how I envisioned my birth and I really like it started off exactly how I wanted it you know I'm on my ball I've got my airpods in I've got all my candles lit like you saw my birth space it was amazing I've got all my affirmations it was great um we started doing a lot of different positioning because baby was still high. We started doing a lot of like exercises, a lot of the hanging things, all good things, but they got me tired really fast. And I had been very open with my midwife team from the very beginning about like, this is one of my fears and here's what I'm doing to combat it. I'm doing, you know, I'm having extra electrolytes. My nutrition is on point, like all the stuff I'm getting the sleep that I can. Um, because I never wanted to experience what I did with Noah. I'm like, up until that point, like, I just remember what it was like to hit the wall and go past the wall and just stay stuck. Yeah. So we finally got into the mental space of this is a new baby. This is not Noah's story. This is, this is a new story. Um, but we did so much like working out basically. Um, after each wave, like, I would have this squat thing to do or, or something. Like, I couldn't just do my own thing. And so we did that until about seven. And then we got in the birth tub. Then we got out of the birth tub. Um, did some more of the stuff. I had the purple line and everything. And I knew what that meant. And she had called one of her assistants to come. So the person that came, like, I knew her kind of but I'd only seen her a few times which was kind of whatever at this point I don't care I just want a baby before I get too tired um and so she is like telling me don't push like even when I feel the urge to push and so now I'm kind of like okay what do you mean don't push like I thought we were listening to my body here but she's like that's why you got too tired with Noah is because you started pushing right when you felt the urge to push and I was like well that goes against all the things that I've heard but okay and so I didn't. And then a while later, she's like, okay, you can start pushing now. And I was like, okay. She's like, but whenever you like, don't, don't just purple push. She's like, just, you can push with a contraction if you feel lead. And I was like, okay. But I didn't really feel lead and I kept having waves and she's like, don't you feel like pushing anymore? And I was like, not really. And she's like, Okay. I mean, and she would say phrases like, well, you know, I thought you were a lot further than what you were because you were acting like it and stuff. And so like a little, I'm like in my head, I'm like, here's the thought is like, you should be further and you're acting weird. Shut that down, replace it with your body's doing its thing, all this stuff. So there's a lot of mental energy just going into like hearing what she's saying, taking hold of that, reframing it and living in the reframe. And then there's another wave. So, I mean, like, there was a lot of mental energy going into this. Oh, golly. Um, but, anyways, so we got back into the tub. Actually, on our way back into the tub, I sat down in a chair, and she was basically like, okay, you're, you know, you're ready to have a baby. She wouldn't let me in the tub until I was out of seven. But when she first got there, I was like, remember, we're not doing numbers. Because I have been very clear about that from the beginning. I'm like, numbers, I don't want to know numbers. 
I, in my head, do weird things with numbers, just don't tell me. Tell me baby's in a good position. Tell me we need to try something else. Tell me those words. And she's like, okay. So her very first check, she's like, so we're at A. And I was like, ah, ah, we're not using numbers, right? And she's like, oh, yeah. So it's kind of like I kind of felt like I had to be on my A game to remind her of our plan anyways. So each check, you know, I didn't want and I told him, I'm like, I don't want cervical checks. Um, I'm like, unless there's a super, super good reason, like you really feel like baby is in a bad position and you need to figure that out type thing. Like if you need to, we'll have that conversation. I think she kind of didn't. I think our versions of need to were not the same. Because she needed to about every two hours. And I did not need her to oh. at all. So <laughs> so there was that. So when she checked me and I was finally at a seven, aka able to get in the pool, um, then that was an that became an option. Um, and then nothing really happened in the pool. And then we got out, started moving around some more. And she was kind of baffled. She was like, you know, I really thought based on your sounds and, and where you are and stuff that, I mean, that, and she stopped herself because she realized what she was saying and who right. she was saying it to. And, but like in my head, I had already finished her thought with, we would have already had a baby by now. So I'm I like, yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So whatever it's fine but I got to a point where I was like I'm getting a little nervous now guys I'm like you know I haven't slept um so that's already kind of a strike I haven't eaten since supper and it is now you know seven in the morning that's a strike like just things that I can't control are gonna lead to things that I don't want and I know that and so she's like we're gonna have this baby so we're just we're gonna do that I was like, okay. She's like, your options right now, you can take a nap or you can get back in the pool. And I was like, I got to get back in the pool and have this baby because my energy, I can just feel it. Like I just intuitively know that I'm getting to the wall Mm -hmm. and I know that I can only get halfway down it on the other side. Like I've done this before. And so (laughs) she's like, but this is when your body like kicks in. Like this is the wall. And I'm like, I know what the wall is. I've done this before, but I'm scared of what's on the other side of the wall. she's like don't be scared I was like okay and so they knew that I wanted to catch the baby and we got in the pool at about nine o'clock and she was born at 9 26 so in the middle of that was the I was like Jen she's gotta come like she has to and then it was like two contractions later uh there was a pop and I was like oh there's my water and she's like okay, cool. Yes, that was definitely your water. And I was like, I know, I I told you that. And so now I'm a little bit encouraged, like, (laughs) um, but then I was getting a little bit discouraged because I'm like, well, maybe this is going to be like one of those happy home birth podcasts where like the water breaks and then there's a baby. And then there's like three more waves and there's still no baby. And I was like, (laughs) and she's like, take your hand, feel, you know, feel for a head. And I didn't feel a head twice. And she's like, wait, like, you really don't? Because she's trying to set me up for, like, encouragement, but it only set me up for disappointment because there was no head. And she was like, you really don't feel one? And I'm like, no, it's not there. I know what I'm feeling for, and it's not there. She was like, (laughs) I could tell her face was like, ah, dang, I tried. Like, okay, what are we doing now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We just, 
I don't know. And she's like, okay, well, you can push with whatever you feel like pushing with. So I did. And she's like, these, okay, these are going to be, so push long on this one and then wait here and then push long on this one. So I did all that and I was like yelling. I was definitely yelling, um, but I wasn't screaming, but she was yelling something and I didn't know what she was yelling because I was yelling. And then all of a sudden, like, she's yelling like pick up your baby and I was like kind of sad because I was like well how come I didn't know that her head was out or how come like why didn't somebody tell me that or I don't know and then I felt weird in my mind saying like well why didn't somebody tell me that like I should have known that whatever anyways there was like a very urgent pick up your baby and I was like okay so now I'm done yelling but I'm like fishing around under fishing around under the water trying to find a baby so I found it and (laughs) there she is (laughs) so that was cool um and then i pulled her to my chest all this stuff and i thought we were just gonna have you know because you know it takes water birth babies a hot second to realize like okay we're we're here well she didn't cry immediately but she was fine and so my midwife is like johnny on the spot like right in my face like slapping her feet and like rubbing her back vigorously and like all the stuff and i'm still trying to catch a breath so like i know what you're doing i'm not mad about it but like also kind of a little extra um and so being an athletic trainer i also have like emt training and so like neonatal resuscitation like you guys are trained in it i kind of know a little bit about it like i'm not i'm not scared if we have to do the bag but we never had to do the bag she just took a second and i was like she's and she's like yelling like not in a nice not in a mean way but also just not in a very like calm soothing way she's like talk to your baby talk to your baby tell her tell her it's fine tell it was a hard hard like journey for her too and I was like I am and then I was like but now it feels not organic because yeah. you told me to you told me what to say but I'm still gonna talk to her so hold on oh, but I was just you know like good job baby like you did a great job like good teamwork and all this stuff mm-hmm. and so she's still slapping her she's like yes piper scream i want you to cry and i was like she doesn't have to scream and the other like midwife was like try she was like touching her she goes she's like lisa go get the bag and lisa's like she touched her arm she said jen she's okay and i was like yeah she's fine (laughs) like but she she was trying to be kind and not like step on her toes in front of her clients but also like she could tell that i was like why are this we doing is, all the stuff? Yeah. So this is not the, this is not the like nice, warm oxytocin zen, like exactly. mix that we're trying to make here. This is not the Zen vibe I had in my head. I'm trying to pivot, but this is kind yeah. of a lot all right now. So, anyways, they were like, okay. And so, so then she started crying and it's fine, whatever. And they were like, how do you feel? And I was like, uh, I feel pretty dizzy, honestly. Like, okay, time to get you out of the pool. I'm like, all right. At this point, the pool is, like, black cherry red. Like, it's not a little bit red. It is, like, black cherry in the whole pool red. So I was like, well, that might explain a little bit. Uh, um, but we got out, and we got me over to the couch. And then we got my bra off so I could start nursing her. Um, but then, like, they had to, like, place her in my arms. And I reached over and touched my husband. And I was like, you're going to have to have a hand on her because if she rolls, like, I can't catch her. I can't, I can't move my arms. And he's like, what? Okay. And so I'm like telling them this. And I think that she doesn't know that I'm 
on board like my body and I are like pretty in sync and I'm telling her like I'm just so exhausted like I'm seeing black spots and I feel like I'm gonna pass out and I can't move my arms and she's just like okay like we're gonna get this placenta delivered and you'll feel a thousand times better like birth will do that to you um you're probably just really tired that's a lot of energy and I was like and she was affirming all the great things that I just did and stuff but in my head I was like but still I I'm I am struggling to stay present here yeah (laughs) and yeah and so somebody made me eggs so I ate some eggs and then they made me chug a sweet tea so I did that and then they made me drink juice so I did that and then they made me eat like spoonfuls of honey so I did that and then I had a sucker in my mouth (laughs) so I mean like we are trying to get all the stuff happening uh the placenta is not coming out she's providing traction I didn't want her to do more than that I have two doses of placentes and at this point I can't focus on birthing the placenta and holding Piper so we had to cut her cord and I gave her to my friend who was there um, as our birth photographer and I was like would you hold her for a minute and she's like yeah you know and so she was holding her and then we got me back to the toilet so to open things up and have this placenta Um, and I just remember sitting on the toilet and I was like guys I'm gonna fall off the toilet and my midwife was like kneeling beside me and she's like getting something ready and she like looked up at me I don't know what I looked like but the look on her face was like okay and she goes okay shock position right now and I was like what's that and she was like laying like chucks pads on the floor and the other midwife was hurrying to do the same thing and I was like I in my head I had a whole thought but I couldn't get the words out of my mouth and so I was like no and I was pointing at it and I said cold floor <laughs> and she said no honey you don't want to lay on the cold floor and I was like but yes <laughs> but so that I'm laying on the floor right we've got my feet on a cooler um so it's above my head they've got a sucker in my mouth and she's and so then the midwife's assistant Lisa she's like stay with me Jocelyn and I was like I'm trying and she's like I will smack you and I was like (laughs) I'm not trying to fall asleep (laughs) so I mean like all this stuff and then I turn my head like to one side and then Jen is like don't you dare try to fall asleep and I was like I'm trying not to choke on my sucker and so (laughs) like I'm still very with it but also like it's an effort to stay with it and she's like you're gonna hate me and I was like just do it like let me try one more contraction and I tried my hardest like I hadn't been the other ones like (laughs) but whatever so me pushing slash two doses of placentes and this placenta is not coming out Mm -hmm. um and so she's like, I, I got to do it. And I was like, I know, just go. And then she's like apologizing again. I'm like, Jen, stop apologizing. I don't hate you. Just do it. And she's like, okay. So she goes up and she's feeling all around. And she comes back out. She's like, um, I couldn't quite get a good feel. And there's some stuff that I don't know. And it shouldn't feel like that. And I'm going to try one more time. And I'm like, okay. So she does. And like her elbows are bloody like we are not messing around it's we're all the way up there so she pulls out and she's like there's a lot of blood behind this placenta like ah now i just remember having the thought like okay like i had a transfer for noah it was not fun also 
it had to be done. So I asked Jen, I'm like, is this when we talk about a transfer? And she's like, yeah, I think we're going to have to do that. And I was like, okay, can we do a squad? And she's like, yes, I'm really glad that that was your idea because I was going to suggest it and I knew you were going to be mad at me. We literally live like door open and door closed three minutes away from the hospital. Like stupid. But I knew in my head, I was having all these thoughts in my head. So it's pretty impressive actually. And I think about it and I was like, that is so the Holy Spirit. Um, Because having had Noah's birth experience, like could I walk to the car? Yes. Was it excruciating? Yes. But I labored on my hands and knees in the car on the way to the hospital with Noah's birth. Could I move my leg on this birth? Nope. I couldn't even move my leg. Like I couldn't even, I could maybe move some of my fingers and that's it. And so me trying to get in the back of Drew's car was like not safe. And then he's going to try to drive me, but also I'm going to pass out in the back seat straight up. So then we get to the hospital and now he's got somebody that's passed out in the back seat. Does he leave me and go get the EMS or does yeah. he try to take me in? I'm not very light, you know, I'm a big girl. And, um, so I just didn't feel like that was the best option. And so I did ask for the squad knowing full well that I would be super irritated with the bill later. Um, so they get there and they, there's three grown men looking at a very naked Jocelyn laying on the floor with her feet up. And he's like, can you shift yourself onto the bed? And I was like, nope. And he's like, cause also athletic training like I've worked spine board sessions with these guys like not these specific individuals but like if it takes six people to log roll an athlete onto a spine board you know like I know full well three of you can pick up a a a woman so Mm -hmm. you're just gonna have to do that like you're just gonna have to put me on the sheet put me on the magic bed like I'm not moving (laughs) so that's what they did Mm -hmm. and um they started a line on the way to the hospital, um, and then we get to the hospital, and so my friend is still holding Piper at this point. Like, Piper did not come with me to the hospital. They tried to bring the baby, and my midwives were like, nope, baby is fine. She's staying here. She's perfectly fine. And, they, I mean, my midwives asked me if I wanted her to come, and I said, no. I mean, like, I'm probably going to go into surgery, and, like, I'm who's going to hold her and stuff? So we uh, did get there the contractions were like super painful on the way there. And one of the mid or one of the EMTs was like a younger guy. And he's like, Oh, are you still having contractions? And one of the dads was like, yeah, that's what my wife sounded like when she was having a baby. So that is definitely a contraction. She's like, he's like, how are you still having those? So they had this like nice little dad chat, like right over top of me, which was just interesting. (laughs) It was fine. We get there and I'm not, hiding the fact that I am in pain from these contractions. So took about half an hour. The on-call OB came in and she's like, hey, um, we're going to do a DNC. Also, there's a lot of blood back there. Like, there's a potential hysterectomy. Like, we'll talk to your husband um, if that needs to be the case. But I'm just letting you know that that might be the case. But I'm not going to take your uterus out unless I talk to your husband. But you'll still be under general. I was like, oh, boy. All right, cool. That was a good chat. Um, and so I go down for the surgery, all the stuff, come back up, um, later that day. And I was like, so did we have a DNC? Do I still have a uterus? Like, how did this happen? And so it turns out that the, the OB like went in there and just pulled it out. She's like, yeah, I don't know what, she's like, I don't know what the midwife's problem was. Like she 
she probably didn't try like manually and i was like oh let me stop you right there she absolutely did <laughs> she's like well maybe it's just that your body was so relaxed then under general that like you know that i could just do that and i was like i'll i'll go with that because that yeah. makes the most sense but I say those things earlier to mention the C-section and the DNC because the placenta had like adhered to different scar tissues. And so it wasn't necessarily placenta accretia um, or accreta, whichever way you say that. But um, they didn't have a way of knowing that beforehand. And that's um, what it was. And so she's like, I'm going to say probably no more home births on the safety side of things. And I was like, well, we had kind of talked about this might be our uh, our last hurrah anyways. <laughs> so that kind of solidified that conversation a little bit. But there's just so much God in all that. Like, I have friends that have reached out. Oh, I'm so sorry about your home birth and, or your birthing experience and stuff. And I'm like, dude, my home birth was awesome. Everything after that was a little bonus. But... Yeah. <laughs> Like, it, it needed to happen. And if it hadn't have been the squad, then I would have waited too long in triage. Or, and we wouldn't have gotten to the surgery. And, like, I mean, I'm with that squad, like, we left the car on the way into the hospital. The, EM, or the ER nurse, like, took her information as she was walking beside us on our way to the elevator. We never stopped. Yeah. So I'm like, that fluidity would have never happened. And it turned out that I was, like... I was really close to bleeding out. Like apparently I was really close to dying and I'd only learned that like two days later. Um, but so like your hemoglobin is supposed to be at like a 12 and mine was at like a three and I just, I needed over the course of the next three days, three bags of blood and two iron infusions. Like, oh. yeah. So I'm super grateful though, too. Like my midwives were like, you know, could I have like yanked that out? Probably. At that point, we would have had a very dangerous situation, and, you know, this is what you pay me to do, my medical training, so we called squad. And so, like, I I didn't feel endangered at all. I felt safe in all of it. I felt like we discussed everything as it happened, as it unfolded. I mean, it was my idea to call the squad. (laughs) But she was like, yeah, cool. I was going to anyways, and you're just going to be mad at me later. (laughs) But... That's how that worked. And then she ended up having, so we got home on Saturday and then literally the next Saturday we had uh, newborn pictures. But throughout that time, she hadn't had a, she hadn't passed her meconium. She did pass her meconium, but only in like 40 hours. And that was too long for comfort. And then after that though, she hadn't had a bowel movement for eight days. So my, and she had had a chiropractic adjustment in, in the midst of that. So she's eight days old, hasn't had a real poop. And our midwives are like, uh, it's time to talk about bowel obstruction. Like, you have to go to the emergency room. So I'm like, okay. So we did. And then the emergency room transferred us to a children's hospital about two hours away because they were worried about Hirschsprung's disease. Um, and that is basically, like, they were wondering if the bottom part of her colon had the nerves to function to move the waste out. Because it was looking like they didn't have those nerves. And then we would have to do a... A procedure that basically brought a different section of the colon down that had nerves and helped her excrete her waste. Um, so that way she didn't become septic and it didn't get into her blood and she didn't die. Yeah. So, yeah, we had that happening for um, three days. And then a week later, you know, had all of our follow-ups and stuff. And the, they were like, we don't know, but all of this stuff came back great. 
And I was like, um, I'm going to say Jesus. We have a lot of people praying for this. Um, so, yeah, the doctors were like, this is weird. Like, we've never seen this, like, situation presented in this way and not have something come out of it. So, that was cool. And then, the end of that week, my midwife was texting me freaking out that she was losing so much weight. So, then we had some special lactation consultant appointments. (laughs) And we got her all straightened out. And now everybody's happy. She just passed her six-week thing at 13 pounds, 8 ounces. She's happy and healthy. Golly. Jocelyn. <laughs> I this was just... way longer, and I am so sorry no. <laughs> you didn't even talk. <laughs> no. I mean, that's. I want you to talk. You had a lot to share. And it's, I don't know, I think that there's such a balance here of, you know, when we look at your story or your stories, the, the entire birth chronology, there's a lot of intensity. There's a lot of difficult situations, a lot of things that would be hard to process. And yet still like the way that you've processed it and the way that you are able to discuss it and also bring so much joy out of it is just incredible. And I think that that really ties back to, I mean, number one, your mindset and the way that you were even talking about like how you were reframing, you know, conversations as they're happening. That is a, that's an amazing skill to have. That's incredible that you were able to do that. Um, And then of course, I mean, you know, your connection, your relationship with Jesus and the way you were like, and we brought him into this and we brought him in like, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's always so comforting for my heart to hear, but I just, I'm so impressed with the way that you are able to discuss this, the way that you are able to process everything and use it for the betterment of your motherhood, even in the midst of it being just like not the easy, relaxed, peaceful, gentle, you know, events, even though perhaps in your mind, like you are looking back on them. I hope you're looking back on them with, with extreme empowerment because holy cow, you are just like such an amazing mother. (laughs) I love you. It, um, (laughs) It took a minute to, like, get home. And, I mean, like, it was actually a lot of this, the peace. I just felt so much peace. Like, even being in the hospital, like, I had IVs in both arms. I, at one point, there was six needles in my arm, like, taped mm-hmm. in my arm. But And so that was really hard when she was clustering because she wanted to be, which I couldn't move my arms. And so it was really humbling. But the whole time was just an overwhelming sense of peace that even in this situation, we can be here. Like, I'm safe. She's safe this is very temporary. It's very Mm -hmm. annoying, but everybody is safe. And so I was really grateful for modern medicine on that end. Mm -hmm. And I just don't feel like I have to reframe my home birth to be like the serene thing that I so desperately wanted and was so sure that I was going to get, but just the different personalities that kind of came into play that I hadn't been prepared for necessarily because they were, it was a different midwife team. Mm -hmm. I mean, that wasn't my control. Um, my body doing its thing wasn't really in my control, like just different things. It actually did come to light at our six week appointment that, um, now they're treating mothers, um, that have had COVID with vitamin K to reduce clotting. And that study hadn't really come out yet before Piper, but it makes sense because that would, my having COVID we think contributed a lot to the hemorrhage. And so- it was just very interesting how everything is like evolving and playing and we can process it together. And it is what it is. 
but I also feel a really huge peace in my heart about like you don't have to try again to get the perfect home birth like you don't have to do that yeah and I know that's Jesus because I wanted kind of like four kids and in a way I do have four kids yeah um so that's really cool oh Jocelyn I I can't thank you enough for sharing all of this with us it's just been so touching and and amazing to hear your perspective on everything. It's been such an honor to get to experience this journey with you. And I just can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thanks for the chat, Caitlin. What a great way to start a Friday. <laughs> what an episode. You know, I feel like Jocelyn's story had so many difficult aspects to it, and what I love and find so comforting in it is that through all of those things, she was able to continue on. She sought the Lord's help in the times that she needed it, and she did what she needed to do for her babies. That being said, we as mothers oftentimes will sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice and forget that we are people too who need help and support. So I'm so grateful that Jocelyn is now on a path to helping her body rest and allowing her body to heal. And these things do take time. So I am so grateful to Jocelyn for sharing her birth stories with us. I will remind you that Jocelyn took Happy Home Birth Academy. Happy Home Birth Academy is currently unavailable, but we have the waitlist open for the Home Birth Collective and our second cohort is going to be beginning in October. You can hop onto the waitlist. I will have it linked in the show notes. This first cohort has been mind-blowing, absolutely beautiful. The relationships that are forming between these mothers and the depth that we are able to get to in terms of coaching plus education, there is absolutely nothing like this anywhere else on the market. I am so honored and blessed to be able to provide such an amazing experience. So do not miss your opportunity to be a part of this next cohort. The spaces are incredibly limited due to the intimate relationships that we form. We have to keep it capped low. So be sure that you're on that wait list. And that is all that I have for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.